Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2218. Today we continue our deep dive into interviews with George Lucas from Once Upon a Galaxy, which is the journal of the making of The Empire Strikes Back. Punch it. Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So I've been asked from time to time, in fact actually Alexander Freed asked me this when I had the opportunity to interview him for Shadowfall, asked about how I record these episodes and whether I'm able to work ahead. And generally speaking, I don't. Usually it's day by day by day, but because of the fact that I'm actually on vacation right now and not in the studio, I have the opportunity to get ahead and use flashback episodes like these to revisit stuff in the archives and share it with you because, I mean, my goodness, the episodes that we've been sharing this week... This is stuff from December of 2014 that I recorded while I was in Orlando, Florida. And it's stuff where we got to dive deep into Once Upon a Galaxy, which is a book that has been brought up in social media conversations fairly often over the past few years because of the incredible access that Alan Arnold had to the cast and crew of The Empire Strikes Back and the... You know, utter and complete transparency in the making of the movie. The access that he had was just so outstanding. It's like nothing you would ever read about today. And of course, that access also included access to the maker himself, George Lucas. And so this is the fourth of six parts of looking at interviews with George Lucas from Once Upon a Galaxy. These interviews were conducted in 1979 while the movie was being made. And hey, you know, it's the 40th anniversary year of The Empire Strikes Back, so why not look back at something like this? And so without further ado, we're going to dive into part four of the interviews with George Lucas from Once Upon a Galaxy. And today... We get into some stuff that's relevant for our world today as well, where the author of the book, Alan Arnold, asks, Lucas, do the worlds and the characters take you over and begin to write themselves in a sense? And Lucas responds, yes. And he says, the first script of Star Wars was just murder to write, just awful. It took him two years. Most of it was simply finding my way through that world, he says. Now I'm much more immersed in the world. When I did the story for the second film, The Empire Strikes Back, it was easier because it's really part of the Star Wars story. The first script was one of six original stories I had written in the form of two trilogies. After the success of Star Wars, I added another trilogy, so now there are nine stories, just like we always knew. The original two trilogies were conceived of as six films, of which the first film was number four. Arnold says, so the stories became easier to write. And Lucas says, yes, the stories became easier. The problem was coming up with the scenes and making the scenes work. Sometimes what I had in mind in the story didn't always work dramatically. That's where the real struggle comes. I hired Leigh Brackett to write the screenplay, but tragically she died right after completing the first draft. Faced with the situation that somebody had to step in and do a rewrite, I was forced to write the second draft of the screenplay. But I found it much easier than I'd expected, almost enjoyable. It still took me three months to do, but that's a lot different from two years. I also had the advantage of Larry Kasdan coming in later to do a rewrite and fix it up. So this is the confusing and mysterious part to me that I just don't get, is that between what we heard about the other day about how he generally enjoys not 
directing and how he actually found in this case the screenplay pleasurable to write even though he realized like he knew he knows he needs help punching it up so why why if this is the case does he completely abandon this with the with the prequel trilogy i mean is it just that it was <laughs> 20 some odd years and he had forgotten how much he <laughs> disliked directing and how much he much preferred sticking with the screenplay stuff and actually having help doing it it seems like he abandoned everything that was working for him and that he actually enjoyed and that his fans responded to i've never seen anything about the choices that he made and granted i'm you know he's naturally defensive about it of course he would want to be defensive about it i mean he wants it to be good he wants his own work to be good and we know that he doesn't like <laughs> the way that some of the fans have responded and you know i mean you can't really blame him for feeling like that either but have you ever heard of him having reasons why he specifically said no i'm going to direct this one and i'm going to write the screenplay too and not get any help for it for phantom menace and you know Whatever help you can say Jonathan Coles gave for uh, Attack of the Clones uh, doesn't seem like it was much, quite honestly. But uh, if you've ever heard anything like that, then please let us know at the Facebook page for the show, which is facebook.com slash SW7X7. See, and then when you combine it with this question where Arnold says, do your new business interests conflict with creative matters? And Lucas's response, it's another indication again. He says, I don't know whether they conflict. To operate a large corporation, I've moved into the business world, which is a new experience and one I'm learning from and enjoy. I get another perspective. And although there are worries I didn't have before, they don't conflict with other things. So... Yeah, and now I'm seeing headline rumors that Lucas hasn't even seen the trilogy for Episode 7. And, um, you know, kind of hard to buy that sort of thing. But it doesn't make you wonder what would have been if he had done the prequel trilogy the way that he had done Empire and Jedi. And, you know, frankly... This gives me hope for even more for the sequel trilogy, just the fact that it's going to be done by other people, but still with his input because it's still so valuable. Like, we still need his perspective. He still has a wonderful, wonderful story to tell and is deeply immersed in the mythological stories and themes that have to be told. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with the prequel trilogy stories. Like, when you actually look at the stories themselves, it's just the execution of it. And it's just... it's really kind of strange and otherworldly to be reading this account from 1979. I mean, this is what, you know, do the math on it, 89, 35 years later. And it's all clear as a bell. And even in Phantom Menace's release in 99, 20 years later, it's all clear as a bell that he knew what he loved and what he enjoyed. And he went against that to tell these stories. It's just a strange thing to encounter. And so that's going to be it for our <laughs> for our look back today. And there you go. That's our part four of six. Although I will tell you that part six is not going to happen when you think it might happen. And <laughs> you'll understand that soon enough. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.